uh, welcome to Piping Talks. Uh, today we have a special guest, uh, a drummer, first drummer on the show. Um, I know it's Piping Talks, but I'm a drummer and I'm very excited to uh, be talking to a drummer today. So we have Scott Barrel uh, from Scotland originally. Uh, we played together a few years. We'll, we'll talk about it. We played together um, at Bogle for a few years and uh, just been good friendship over the years and uh, I'm excited to, to talk more about um, how he started drumming and his uh, life journey. So Scott, how are you doing? Good. Thanks for, for having me on. Yeah, uh, of course. Yeah, uh, sitting here in uh, Down Under, Christchurch, New Zealand. Uh, now, like you say, originally from Scotland, but um, been living here since, well, certainly on this side of the world since 2008. Um, Bit of a stint down in the right down in the deep south of, of New Zealand and Invercargill, then jumped over to Aussie for a little stint and recently returned. Um, yeah, um, nice. drumming away, drumming away here um, in the southern hemisphere, teaching. Um, I've been teaching since I left I left Scotland um, and playing, so uh, life's good. Nice, nice. Let's um, let's talk a bit about. How you got started? So you say you're from Scotland, um, about north of Edinburgh, is that right? Um, and yeah. then you, how did you start? How did you pick up the sticks? Yeah, that's right. From Fife, um, the Kingdom of Fife. Originally, I started from my, nice. my grandfather. Uh, he he played in pipe bands all his days, uh, and he got me involved from an early age. I started when I was about six years old in the the uh, the local town band, Burnt Island and District. Um, played there for about 10 years. Um, I came through uh -huh. a sort of novice juvenile program um, with a lot of kids in the town. A, Burnt Island is a small town of about 5,000 people. Um, but through my childhood, um, the pipe band was sort of thriving at the time and still is to this day, actually. Um, like any band like what, what do you think that it was such a small town and the band was like thriving? Um, I mean, I think there's a fair bit of history there with the band, um, so there's a lot of pride. Um, so, you know, like, for example, my father, he he's still heavily involved in that band. I think through That's generations, right. um, people stay involved and, and um, you know, means something to them, to small community town band. Um, so perhaps, you know, the, um, there's a bit more heart in, in, the, um, right. in the whole feel um, of, of that pipe band. Um, yeah, I think, I mean, like in the band, it goes through cycles. Um, right now it's strong. When I was there, it was strong. Perhaps in between that, you know, like it maybe it wasn't through periods. But um, yeah, I was very fortunate. There was just a lot of a lot of youth involved. And um, we, um, yeah, took out lots of championships, competing um, quite strongly through the novice and juvenile grades at the time. But after 10 years, it... Um, uh, it went through a lull, um, I suppose. Um, I was about 15, 16 year old, and, and a number of other um, kids were were well were, were turning into young adults and leaving the town, going off to university. As a result, the band ended up um, not being able to compete. So, those that wanted to continue competing, um, they they moved on, and that was when I made a move to Bokholm and Bathgate. My, my father um, approached Tom Brown at a, a competition one day, and 
and uh, that was the start of it really i then i then started to go along to tom's um famous why garage. tom i mean i mean i you know it shouldn't be a question but why boggle and tom in the first place well i, I guess um i knew as as well as my my father um and grandfather that i, I still had a lot to learn in terms of of um being able to compete at the top level um i'd only ever competed in in um sort of juvenile under 18 competition grades so um there was nothing really in fife at the time dyset and dundonald were were sort of around but going through a lot of change and the, there wasn't really anywhere that i felt that was that i could go and and still be taught well um there may be bands that i could just go and join um, right. but it would just be a matter of you know learning the music and playing Whereas I knew that um, if I went to to Bokal and Bathgate under the the tutelage of of Tom uh, and laterally Gordon, um, there there was a system there that um, I felt like I'd, I'd be able to really learn from and, and it would develop my playing further. Um, so I grabbed hold of the opportunity when when Tom said yes. Um, my dad used to take me along to to his house, his garage for excuse me, for sessions once, twice a week. The um, famous garage, wasn't it? I mean, yeah, a lot of great people in there. And I was part of the, the Bokal Grade 2 band at the time. Um, oh, right. So, yeah, that was under... It was Tarfican or a bunch of people that went to Tarfican afterwards. Correct, yeah. Yeah, so I played a season with um, with Callum in the Grade 2 the grade two bands, and then unfortunately, the, the, the pipe major um, of that band um, decided to, to leave at the end of the season. And before we knew, we didn't have a pipe core. The drum core stuck together and moved to Terfiken. Um, I had to sort of ask myself some pretty serious questions around why I, you know, like why I came to Bokal, why I, you know that that whole yeah. um, methodology around the move, and was it the right thing for me to to go with the core and as hard a decision as it was at the time, because um, I was the only one that, that opted not to. Um, and, you know, I think I made the right call to, to stay in the Bokal organization. And um, then <clears throat> continued lessons with Tom, um, but then started to head on to, to grade one um, practices with Gordon. Um, and that was- Was it tough? Like yeah, well, move from because yeah, yeah, I still, I mean, I, I was only just in the movement. I hadn't even done a whole year. I'd done a season, but I don't think I'd done a year. Um, so I was just getting to grips with the style change as well. You know, as as you know, like the Bokal style right. is quite unique, and and um, um, yeah, I was just just starting to come to grips with that, and then all of a sudden, the you know, big big jump between, well, not a big jump, but. You know, like a, a considerable jump between grade two and grade one. I mean, that's top of grade one too, right? So it's not just grade two to grade one; it's that the grade two to to top top three, four drum core, right? So yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah. So my first year was kind of in and out. I mean, I played a couple of competitions. I think I might have played one major, um, but to be honest, only because Gordon never had enough bodies. Um, <laughs> I don't think I should have been playing. Um, yeah, that was the. I remember it was like the Joanna's Hornpipe medley at the time. Oh, um, nice. Um, yeah, and that was also the year that the band had um, the pre-Worlds concert. Was it that year or the year before? Hmm, it was like the that. brass band, wasn't it? Yeah, that's right. Yeah, the, the Whitburn 
um, brass band, I think. Um, so you had tons of scores, like a lot of scores to just like, actually, it's probably the best way to um, integrate the band because obviously you need bodies into spit scores, you know, you need to spit like teams. Uh, and so you got a shot and you got to learn a lot of scores right away. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Yeah, so I was kind of, um, yeah, all of a sudden my music folder went from, what, a dozen pages to six <laughs> pages. <laughs> um, so, yeah, that's right, just kind of throwing in there, just soaking it all up. Pl played in the concert, oh, I played a couple of sets, you know, so it was great to just sort of be part of that, that band, <clears throat> that drum corps through that year where I wasn't, I wasn't a... I wasn't necessarily a, a counted player, but I was I was in there, you know, like working hard, and then got in properly for the following season, and then um, that was it. Really, I played played the ball call for a good solid ten years, so it was kind of like a decade with Burnt Island and a decade with ball call. Um, You're a band five... member. You are a good band member. <laughs> well, I've done a bit of I've done a bit of uh, band hopping since then, mate. Yeah. <laughs> no, that's impressive. You know, like ten years in the band. I mean, that's um, that's I don't know that many people that 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 uh, have done that. Um, it's funny you mentioned that the first competition, the first year, you were like, I sh should have been, shouldn't have played. Like, I, I hear that from other people that I talk to too. Like, their first competition is like, I don't even know how I got a shot, but you know, that gives you the extra boost afterwards. So yeah, that's right. Yeah, it does. It does. Yeah. Um. Yeah, nice. and if so, ten years at Bogle. Um, and what was your favorite memory out of those ten years that that you've done with the band? Oh, it would have to be uh, when you were part of it, Glenn. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> um, I mean, it was it was uh, 2012. You know, when, when the worlds would, would have to be the standouts. When the worlds is the drum corps. Um, right. You know, though, that 2011, 2012 period. I think. Um, I mean. I can't talk any further than that because um, I never came back after after that year um, to play. Um, <clears throat> but the the core was was just humming then. Um, yeah, it was it was a great time to be to be part of it. We had the concert in two thousand and twelve as well, uh, which right. was was cool, stressful at times, but but cool. Um, you know, to to have all that hype ar around the the season, and then and then walking away with with the worlds at the end of it. Um, mm -hmm. That yeah, that that season, that worlds win would, would be the highlight. Yeah, that's probably where you were enjoying. Actually, you were already in uh, New Zealand at the time, right? That's right. Yeah, so I in um <clears throat> in that ten year period of Bokalai, I spent five years in. in yeah, just over five years of that was in Scotland and then yeah. in Invercargill, where I moved to in 2008. I was still traveling back and forth each year to, to play with Bocco for usually about six weeks. Um, right. Yeah. Um, yeah, so it's... Um, yeah. I want to talk more about, about that um, because, you know, a lot of the time you're rather a guest player and you flying, you know, like myself was and Robert in a, in a uh, midsection, like just flying in. Um, but you, you've had experience uh, having both where you were based in Glasgow and you were also traveling um, to, to band practice from New Zealand. So it was very interesting. Um, and when you were in Glasgow, you actually joined the um, RSMD, or it's changed name now, but the conservatoire, right? That's right. You were yeah. you did four years there. 
Yep, yep. I did four years. Yeah, studying Scottish music. Nice. And then you were. Uh, it was other people that were there. Tano. Uh, who was in your your class? Like, how, how was the school? Like, was it something that you know? Okay, you you're coming from uh, the Great Kingdom of Fife. Uh, you go to uh, Bogle, and then you're like, I'm really enjoying drumming. I'm really enjoying you know, uh, pipe band. I could make it my career. Um, and then you started at the at the school. Yeah, yeah. I mean. Interesting story there. I finished um, finished school and actually started an apprenticeship as an architect technician in Edinburgh. Um, yeah. yeah, yeah. Not many people know that um, because it wasn't really what I wanted to do. It was just like, what am I going to do? And it was an opportunity. And um, I uh, I never really wanted to go to university. Um, school was never my thing. Study, yeah, just wasn't. I just wanted to play drums and play golf. They were two things in my life. <laughs> nice. um, that's what you so, do now. That's, that's perfect. Pretty much. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I've managed to, yeah, after 15 or so years, like wind it all back to where I was. Um, two things. Uh, yeah. So I, I started this apprenticeship, but, but then I also applied, I applied for the RSA in, well, now called the, the Royal Conservatoire um, to, to do the, the Scottish music degree course. And that was a bit of a late entry, I suppose. Um, got a phone call from Brian McNeil, the head of course at the time, offering me a spot. And it's like the course started in like, I don't know, two, three weeks or something like that. Um, sure. So, yeah, they were obviously desperate. <laughs> um, <laughs> <laughs> so I basically went and then I had 24 hours um, to decide what I'm doing. and went to my work the next day and had them a notice them. And they were, they were pretty annoyed because... Um, you had just started. Just started, and, and I, I was really lucky to get that job. Like there was one position, and I believe at the time uh, there was something like twenty-five to thirty applicants for that job, and I got it. And then the next thing, two and a half months later, I'm I'm, uh, I'm leaving. <laughs> so hey, I guys. did feel a bit rot- I did feel a bit rotten about that, but I mean it was the right call for me because I knew that I was never going to be an architect um, long term. Um, I mean, I made more money, um, but uh, that's, um, I'm, I'm, you know, like for sure um, way happier. I used to go into that office and just doodle around on a computer, you know, like it was just, I knew that it was never for me, but you know what I'm like on computers. You can right? say it now. You can say it now. They're probably not going to listen to this. But... Um, MMA, architects. That's what they were called. If they're listening, I can remember them. Connection with Tano. Uh, Tano's father used to um, deal with MMA architects. Uh, his, his father was in um, property. Um, and um, yeah, he used to. It was a bit funny when I started there, and Tano found out. He was like, Man, you know, my dad knows those guys. <laughs> anyway, um, anyway getting Wait, back so to- you were fine with Tano at that point already? Yeah, well, T- Tano and I, we knew each other through the National Youth Pipe Band. Um, so, so we knew each other before university. We competed against each other. He was George Watson's. I was Burnt Island. Like we, right. we probably knew of each other. Um, you were beating him in solos and stuff like that, right? That's what you oh, just said. His back. Was always being, um, <laughs> that in terms of bands, like yeah, we would compete against each other. We, we met each other properly. We auditioned. I'm pretty sure. Yeah, we auditioned together for the youth band right at the very start. Um, there was a handful of us that um, all kind of stuck with it, really. Um, David Ross, David Henderson, um, Chris Taylor, Tano. Um, we were kind of like the, 
five right at the start. Willie Quinn. Um, right yeah. on. For those that uh, I know, we mentioned Tano, but uh, um, Tano is a drummer, snare drummer for SFU now, and played for Shot for for many years. Um, yeah, and it's right. funny that you just mentioned uh, Davy Henderson, who is now a leading drummer of. Uh, well, it used to be Sras Clyde. I don't even know the yeah, name, but um, yeah, yeah. So that was the youth man. Good core, pretty solid core. And I, now that yeah. you look at all the names, yeah, it was great. Yeah, we were all pretty um, tight through that, and also through uni. So um, going back in your your question in terms of who there was Tano at university, there was Davy Henderson, Stevie Nelson, um, Stevie Graham was there um, in my mm -hmm. first year. I think he was in his, his final year. Um, we used to have group classes with Jim Kilpatrick. So Jim <clears throat> Jim was the principal drumming instructor um, at the academy at the time, at the Royal Conservatoire. Um, and uh, we, yeah. <laughs> we'd have one-on-one -on -one lessons with Jim and also one group lesson a week. Um, and that was, that was great, you know, that we'd all feed off each other. And one of my memories from that was Jim used to often bring in a, a drumming meter um, where we just plunk it down on the table and pass it around. And it was as many singles as you could do in a minute. Um, and it would calculate it. Yeah, and it would just yeah, it had like a little sensor, and it would it would um, digitally uh, had a digital screen, so it was constantly counting. So we were all sitting there watching as Jim no was getting over a thousand, and we were struggling to get to eight fifty nine hundred. Um, <laughs> Seriously, wait, that's who is the wait? So who is the fastest? Obviously, you've got Jim, but then who was Jim? Was that? Jim by far. Um, Stevie Stevie Graham was always very quick. Um, he had like rocket hands, Stevie. Um, and then after that, I don't really. <clears throat> I think it was a bit of a hit or a miss between me, Tano, Stevie Nelson, doing like yeah. Um, was it good fun? It must be hilarious, like when you. It, if you're competitive, you know. It was. I mean, I, I think from time to time, I probably give myself some good wrist strains and, and um, sore arms <laughs> and stuff. Probably wasn't very good for me. Um, but, you know, like you were, by the, the end of the minute, you know, you were just like, your face was like a workout. And yeah, 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 totally. What um, was your, um, I love that. I love to hear that. I think I've heard this story before, but um what was your like favorite uh, uh, memory during those? Was it four years um, at the the at uni? Yeah. Like, you know, was was this guys or just like you know a story like what you just shared? Like, you know? yeah. Well, we we were um, so we were more than just like there was obviously more than pipe bands and music going on there. There was there was myself and Tano. We were in the same year level, which was pretty rare. Um, normally, there would only be one snare drummer per year. Um, <clears throat> We had about four or five pipers, and then I want to say four or five fiddle players, and a couple of accordions, a couple of flower sax, Gaelic singers. Um, in total, we probably had a year group of about 16. We were essentially a bit of a, a band. Um, every year we would go on tour. Um, year one was a tour of um, the Isle of Skye, then there was a tour of the borders, there was a trip to Germany and Denmark. Um, so every year building up to those tours, we would be in full rehearsal flow. We were putting on concerts, hour, hour and a half long shows um, each night, um, different venues and for, for those tours. So you can imagine there's a fair bit of rehearsal time goes in. We would socialize together, we're playing together. We were, we're a real quite a tight um, group of 16. So for me, they were the highlights, like those trips. Um, mm, lots of 
lots of great memories. A lot of carnage, to be honest, as well. Um, yeah, many people uh, almost got kicked off the, the course um, because of stuff that went on. Uh, yeah, I managed to sort of um, escape a lot of that. Um, stick through, stick somehow, through and made it to the end. Somehow. Um, much to folk like Tanner's disgust, I think. Um, but... Um, <laughs> Uh, yeah, those, those those tours, those trips were great. Like, um, just lots of music playing. <clears throat> we were on stage playing playing snare drum, playing drum kit, playing djembe. Just lots of creative um, percussion, really. Like, growing up as nice. a kid, I, I played drums. I played a bit of piano and clarinet through school as well. But in terms of drumming, it was just snare drum that I played. But going to going to the um, the uh, the RSMD. Um, yeah, opened my eyes up a lot to Scottish music, and um, I started to to dabble around in a lot of hand percussion, and uh, yeah, picked up the. I mean, the uh, harmonica they, they, too. That's that's when you picked up the harmonica, isn't it? <laughs> no, I do. I did have a harmonica, but uh, nobody ever heard me play that. Um, yeah, so nice. those uh, like best years of my life was was in Glasgow at uni. Um, it really was like when I reflect back, some some great times and met lots of great people. Most most of my um, good friends are from <clears throat> that time, certainly through pipe bands. Um, yeah. But those those four years in Glasgow, yeah, met met a lot of good good people. Because you're still and, very good friend with with all of these guys, Alistano and um, yeah. It's so crazy how. Yeah, you went to school, but then you will compete, um, you know, all summer because uh, you were all playing with different bands. I mean, Tano and um, Davey were playing for shots and you were playing with Bogle. But it's, uh, yeah, it, it must have been just good friendship, and but also good rivalry and just kind of like. Uh, uh, yeah, yeah, that's right. Yeah. I mean, it was, um, I was one of a few that went through the academy. Um, sorry, I call it academy. There's so many names. There's RSAMD, yeah. which is so abbreviated title when I was there we refer to it as the academy but it's now known as, as you you mentioned the Royal Conservatoire but uh, I was one of, one of a few that didn't end up playing with shots like Tano left uh, Klein Gregor Davy Henderson left Klein Gregor to join shots Davy Ross uh, it was after bringing Davy Ross into the scene never actually went through the academy but another good friend of ours <laughs> that's um, right actually now that I think about it yeah um, yeah, he he, uh, he joined shots. Stevie Nelson joined shots. Stevie Graham joined shots. So, so everyone, everyone that uh, went through did, and, uh, and and you know by no 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 pressure to do so. Um, you know, like um, I want to be clear on that. You know, Jim Jim was never in there to to poach. Certainly, in my eyes. Um, but um, you know, I was always quite proud of myself in a way for for not jumping ship um i've always um seen myself as quite a loyal loyal band member and unless unless there was um strong reason to then i would never leave a band um and um i actually feel as though i, I gained a lot more from staying put because i was able to continue under um the leadership of gordon at Boghall and also have four years um, tuition under Jim, um, mm -hmm. and you know I've got the best of both. I felt like a, um, there is a part of me that would love to have played um, for Jim under Jim at some point in my my uh, drumming career, but 
but um, yeah, I don't know. Like, um, I think loyalty probably um, in the end won in in that side. And who knows? Maybe I wouldn't have. Maybe there wouldn't have been a spot for me at shots anyway. Um, but, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I was going to say maybe maybe he didn't push you because um, know, <laughs> we'll never yeah, jump, jump in the gun. Um, maybe, maybe the. The right and only option was to stay put. <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm sure not. But yeah, you're right. This is super interesting. And, and obviously, um, you know, um, you have now so many people that just jump bands and bands. And it's a lot more common for um, people to just change bands every two, three years uh, where, you know, uh, at that time, you know, it was not, it was rare to have someone that would say 10 years and, and have all their friends, um, all of your friends were playing for another band. So that's uh, pretty impressive. Um, and then, uh, from there you, uh, moved down, uh, down to New Zealand. Uh, yeah. you got a job right after your uni, right? Yeah, that's right. So the Southland Piping and Drumming Development Trust, it was in my final year of uni, there was a, a job ad, Tano, um, seen the ad, and he was already set up here. The job lined up in Texas that he was moving to St. Thomas Episcopal. Um, so he forwarded me the link and I applied just in the, the nick of time um, before the closed um, application. Um, and immediately I got a reply and um, they were pretty excited and wanted to set up a, an interview. We did that. Um, I've, I remember it vividly in my apartment in Glasgow. Uh, there was similar sort of story to us. We got a bit of a, a mix up in times um, <laughs> in terms of us uh, arranging this, this call. Um, <laughs> Thanks for bringing it up, Jesus. But thank, thankfully, thankfully, um, it was an error on their part. Um, I was I was in the shower, and um, my girlfriend at the time, I think, um, sort of kind of coming in and saying, "Hey, they're calling you now." Um, <laughs> um, <laughs> what, what was supposed to be like a seven a.m. call there, they, they were like expecting me on at six or something like that. Anyway, so I'm like frantically throwing a shirt on, tie. Um, no trousers, just sit behind the computer. <laughs> uh, <laughs> uh, and uh, bang, we're into it. So it was Alistair McGregor, who is on the, the board here in, for the RNZ PBA. Um, he, he essentially formed the trust that I went to, to work for. Um, on that panel um, that were interviewing me were, were Greg Wilson, who's a... Um, Big name in the, the solo piping world, gold medalist, um, based here in Christchurch actually as well. And a couple of other guys, Quentin Wiley and Brendan Fairbairn, local Southlanders. So they were in my interview panel and um fine interview and it was it was well, it must have been fine because they, they then flew me out um to do a two week stint through the national um championships in March. So I came out and, and sort of met everyone, had a bit of a tune with um, the local band as well. Um, and then had a handshake agreement with Alistair McGregor of, of I'll move out in September for two years. I basically went back to Glasgow, finished off my degree and um, and then shifted. I got, I, I've seen the, the 2000 and, uh, must have been the 2008 pipe band season through, uh, right through to Cowell. Cowell used to be the last one then. That's right. And, uh, and then I moved out, out um, in September, right beginning of September of 08. Yeah, and spent just shy of five years in Invercargill. So it was part of the um, <clears throat> the growth of 
that band moving essentially moving from grade four through to grade one in yeah five seasons um so it was a pretty would you have, pretty sorry would you have uh, a, 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 like would you um do you think you would stay five years or it was new zealand like uh, you know did you ever think about New Zealand at all, or, or were you looking for a group, like a band in, in, or sorry, a school or, or teaching job in, in Scotland? Um, I always wanted to travel. Australia and Canada um, were two countries that um, were always on my, my radar, uh, but ultimately, ultimately, I had no money. So the, the minute I got offered a full time gig, and it was in New Zealand, so I was thinking, well, let's take that and then see where that leads to. Um, mm-hmm. You know, New Zealand's just a hop, skip, and a jump away from Aussie. Um, as it turned out, you know, I started the job, and the job was great. So I just settled there. Um, did I think that I'd stay there two years? No. Um, Invercargill's pretty um, remote in terms of New Zealand as a country. Um, population of about 50,000 people. So it's not, like, tiny, but it's it's not as classed as a city here in New Zealand, but not too many around the world. Um very, very rural down there. You know, it's farming communities. Um, not much, not much really going on. Um, nothing goes there. You've got to travel out of Invercargill to go to concerts or see big sporting fixtures, that that sort of thing. I mean, you got the remarkables. Uh, uh, you got great mountains. <laughs> you remember well. Yeah, I remember uh, well. Yeah, yeah, that's right. So, I mean, Queenstown's an awesome spot where the remarkable mountain ranges, which you came and visited one time. That's right. Guided tour, clearly, you can recall that. Just to remember, yeah. Um, yeah, so, I mean, it was a beautiful part of the, the New Zealand's a beautiful country down there. It's, it's, it's gorgeous. Um, um, it gets a bad rap here. The weather's maybe not as, as good as the North Island. Um, right. Very cold in winter. Um, <clears throat> but um, I really enjoyed my, my time there. I was so well looked after. Um, people were very hospitable. Um, yeah, just a great community. Um, yeah. However, however um, when the opportunity came uh, to, to uh, move to Melbourne, I was ready for that at the time. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, it was a shame the band had we'd, we'd grown the band right through, it had just been put up to grade one, and then I got that, that opportunity. Um, so it was a, a hard time to leave in terms of the band. But for me personally, I, I needed I needed a, a new challenge. I think um, I need just a um, a different environment. And right, right. I was keen I was keen for a big city. Um, so Melbourne really offered that. And um, that's, yeah, that's that's great. I, I uh, you know we touched a little bit on it. And, and for those that that, that don't know, we um, we played together. I, you know, I'm thankful for. You know, you um, having me in the core. I think I did two years. One year was Olaf uh, was was with us, but um, just awesome to to be able to go down there. I was living in Australia uh, one year, and then the second year I was I was in in Europe. I was in France, um, yeah. played with the band, and uh, yeah, awesome opportunity. Like, it's just hands down one of the the best memory of my life. But um, what was it like leading? You know, you you playing for a top band. Um, and then all of a sudden you're in charge of a grade three band that you moved into grade two and then, and then grade one, isn't it? Like in the space of three years, what was the biggest kind of, um, 
challenge. Like all of a sudden, you have to write scores, um, you know, adapt a style that they probably didn't have, or like your own style into it. Um, you're teaching a lot of people, but it takes years before sort of all those people play your style. What was the like the the biggest challenge at the time? Yeah, good question. Um, yeah, I mean, in terms of style, like. It, Sort of reflecting back on what was said before, I kind of felt as when I moved out here and started to write my my own material, I had a bit of a, you know, I grew up in Burnt Island, which my tutor there at the time, Mark Gibson, after my grandfather taught me I had Mark Gibson, he was influenced by Paul Turner. Um, and then I moved to Ball Call, you know, Tom Brown, Gordon Brown style. style. Yeah. And then I had Jim Kilpatrick, again, different style. So I, I felt like when I arrived here in Invercargill, um, I created my own sort of path, and I feel as though it was a combination of those three styles maybe coming together to form what I, my writing um, style then and created. I think I'm probably more commonly and um, you would use um, or gravitate towards um, how Gordon would probably write. I think through my teenage years of yeah. playing, that's probably where I learned the most. Um, um, yeah, so probably a combination of Gordon and Jim. Um, but I mean, yeah, um, more, I really enjoyed it. Um, I really enjoyed coming up with my own teaching kind of program. And I used to use a lot of resources um, from that, that, particularly from Tom. You know, Tom had a lot of revision sheets, which were very mm -hmm. helpful towards me and my, my teaching. And still to this day, you know, I, I still use um, some of that. And, um, but I really enjoyed the, the challenge of, of um, creating my own program and um, start from scratch. Um, <clears throat> yeah. And just and seeing then, where I take students okay. from, from here to, you know, like some, some came right through into that, that grade two stroke, grade one core that, that, um, that I never got the opportunity to, to, to take on. But, um, the, you know, some of the students that continue on through. Yeah, yeah. Is it something that you still enjoy doing, like writing? I know you, so then you, you're touching into how you went to play uh, for a band in, in Melbourne, teaching in Melbourne, but also playing for a band, leading, you were leading the, the, the drum corps, right? Like, so it was, Yeah. Uh, did you feel like your style um, changed in like the, obviously I imagine from the first few years that you were in, um, in Ricargo and then and then to now, uh, what would you say kind of like change in, in the way you, I remember the scores that we played in, in the band, they were very effective, you know, it, it was definitely more Bogle style, but it was very effective, um, uh, and quite musical. Um, but what, what would you say sort of like changed in your style? Um, yeah. Or your approach or your approach of, of, of writing. Um, are you asking, like, in terms of moving to to Melbourne here, my change from from, or just just generally, like, yeah, from like the Invercargill days to to now, for example, and then having that stint in in Melbourne. Yeah. Okay. Um, I don't. I mean, I don't know that I can really put my finger on that because I think it's just something that probably evolves without actually um, taking much notice or consideration to it. I think the more I am I, I'm, I'm playing, the more I'm learning. Uh, I mean, as I write music now, you know, um, 2007, 2009, I went back and played in Scotland with um, Scottish Power under Jake. Mm -hmm. um, you know, so I, I learned heaps through that that period as well. And just in terms of another another style again, or, or learning under someone different. And, 
Um, I think just through those different um, <clears throat> experiences, um, yeah, I feel for me anyway, because um, I do I do notice like when I'm writing, I, I might use some different movements, some different phrases that I haven't used before, but I'm not necessarily thinking I want to, I want to use that because for any other reason that it's maybe just fresh in my mind. Um, right. So, yeah. So perhaps like my, my style is, is always evolving and um, continuously changing just based on where my drumming's at rather than where it was or what I used to do. Right. That yeah, yeah, that makes sense. Yeah, yeah, totally. And so now you're touching that you are uh, based in Christchurch, uh, is it? Yeah. And then you're teaching full time at the school, uh, yeah. you're not actively playing. Uh, or are you actually playing with? No, I am. I am. So yeah, I'm teaching at St Andrews College here in Christchurch, and um, yeah, just just recently um, I've joined up with the Canterbury Cali Band um, here here in New Zealand. So um, yeah, look, looking forward to to heading out with them. Um, last year there was a bit of a with COVID. I mean, I know that everyone in the pipe band see, scene has been um, affected by by COVID and cancellations, we, we were actually pretty fortunate over here. We only had one season cancelled, which was last year. Wow. Um, so things are ramping up right now. Uh, we've got uh, competitions um, coming up in the next next couple of months and um, building up towards the Nationals in March next year. So I'll be all going well. I'll be out having a hit with Canterbury um, as, well as, as well as teaching the school band here. Um, and Do you feel like band. you got poached? Like they were like, you know, trying to get you in the core, like Jim was trying to get you in the core, or was it more like uh, smooth? <laughs> nah, nothing like it, man. Um, yeah, it was, it was one of the things that um, felt um, very happy about moving here was, was it was the complete opposite. You know, I, I decided yeah. to, to join the Canterbury Band. There was no pressure whatsoever. Right. Um, yeah. Nice. And, that's, that's, that's awesome. And then yeah. – um, I know, I know we, we have a few minutes left and I kind of want to wrap up on, on two things. One is, um, you know, I always try to, to, to chat about something that is very different. And, uh, you mentioned, uh, your, your play golf every, um, every, uh, Friday afternoon, you know, end of the day, end of the week, and let's celebrate. Um, I have a funny memory about, uh, when I came up to New, came down to New Zealand, I uh, played with you guys, and I remember staying at you and Ali's place, and you had a dart. I think it was a dart, <laughs> dart in the living room. I think if I remember well, and you guys were just like, <laughs> like flying, flying the thing through the living room. Are you still doing darts? You were a keen darts player. I don't know why I remember that, but even in Glasgow, every time we'll go in the bar, and. Um, It'll be like, you know, some people go to the bar and order a pint. I felt like you would go to the darts and, and just uh, just shit some, some darts. But, um, yeah, are you, are you still playing some darts? I do. Uh, in the garage here, I've got the dartboard set up. That was one of the first things that got hung. Uh, <laughs> when... <laughs> See, I knew it. <laughs> if, if I had it my way, the dartboard would be on this wall right beside me here. But Amy won't have it. Um, so, <laughs> like you say, though, when I lived with Ali, wasn't a problem. We just put the dartboard up in the lounge and, and just came in, came in from a band practice, away. shut the door, and had a throw. Put, put, we put the dinner on and uh, all the way <laughs> in the dinner. Have, uh, I love it. Have legs. Um, oh, yeah, mate. I mean, that, that was just part of growing up for us back home. You know, that like you go in the pub um, back home, you play pool, you play darts, you drink a pint. So, um, it's probably Thanks. less. 
less common um, in pubs over this way, unless you're in more of a um, country pub or, or uh, more of a tavern type scenario. Yeah. Um, but uh, oh yeah, I don't I, I don't play that much to be perfectly honest. Um, I play a lot more golf. Yeah, you're right. So not every Friday, but um, whenever I can on Friday. Yeah, sorry, you have a job. We can't disclose <laughs> everything, but uh, yeah. I mean, that's one of the, the beauties about the, the job here is it's very flexible in terms of, of our hours. You know, I control my own timetable. Um, as long as I'm teaching um, all, all my students per week, it doesn't matter when I teach them. It could be on the weekends, <clears throat> could be in the evenings. All right. I tend to try and stick to Monday to Friday, normal sort of hours, um, apart from the Friday. Um, uh, Some yeah. say they have a, a great work-life balance. You have a great uh, work-golf balance. That's, that's pretty good to hear. Um, yeah. Well, <laughs> like, like, uh, we said, like we said at the start of the call, you know, like my, my two main passions growing up as a, as a kid were golf and drumming. So it's, it's pretty cool to, to be able to... Um, Hold on to that at 36 years old, and hopefully, hopefully by the time I'm 60, I'll still be doing the same thing. Yeah, I mean, why not? Um, it, that makes me think when we're talking about the pub. Um, this is a pretty embarrassing stories, but um, I don't <laughs> know if you remember, and I know what I'm going <laughs> to talk about. <laughs> I, I'm even laughing just thinking about it. But uh, for those listening, it was um, I think we were coming back from Belfast. It was like the 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 whatever. Euro competition or whatever major was was over there, and I remember we took the boat, the bus. I think it must have been 2012. In fact, I think that must have been what made us win the worlds that year. The, the judges must have been there. <laughs> Probably, you know, judges were in there in the the park bar. But I remember the bus would because I would stay in Glasgow. You would stay in Glasgow uh, with a few other people, and we would stop at the park bar. Um, it was like just on the way back to Bathgate, and. Um, it was such a pain to grab the drum, grab the harness, uh, you know, and then I don't know why we said, you know what, let's go for one more pint. Let's do just one more pint. We went to the park bar and it was a band playing. It was Sunday, Sunday afternoon. Um, you know, great session, great band playing. Just, you Sundays know, Sundays were the best sessions in Glasgow. Uh, I know, right? And then, mm. um, I mean, correct me if I'm wrong, but I don't know what went through our mind. And we said, oh, we just, <laughs> Probably we won, or I don't know what we were thinking, but we were like, um, let's let's play the fanfare. Let's just just, just play the fanfare in the park bar. And um, I think I lost my hand. I think I had no fingers at that point um, from just the weekend and probably hungover. But um, I think yeah. it was probably the best, funniest, but also worst fanfare I've ever played and we were playing to the point that we probably didn't finish it it was it was that funny we yeah, we probably much running off the stage um, <laughs> just, and never show up to the park bar ever again um it probably people were yeah it was it was it was so funny um just being on stage halfway through it's great. Tom Brown did a great job with Stanford. I just felt like we just ruined it on stage at the park bar. Um, but it was uh, just, you know, one of those memories that I haven't been back in a while, but, you know, probably step into the park bar and look at the stage and be like, this is when when we had such a good, just good drumming. Um, it's quite fun. Well, we should relive that moment. Maybe not the playing part, but we should, um, next time we catch up, let's try and make it the park bar, right? Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. I hope I hope no judges were there and being like, "Damn, this uh, bogle drummer, pretty horrendous." Um, 
But uh, yeah, just to wrap up, um, you have a business going on in New Zealand. Uh, you're selling drumsticks and all that kind of stuff. Is there any, anything you want to promote? Uh, kind of talk about what what you are, um, yeah, what you're you're selling in the shop. Yeah, I do. I do. I mean, I've had my business um, now for the best part of ten years plus. Um, it started when I moved to Melbourne, so I, I brought it back here with me. Um, and yeah, I mean, I essentially sell. Um, pretty much all pipe band or all drumming product within pipe bands. Um, yeah, anything that anyone wants, I can get my hands on it for them. Um, yeah, I mean, um, it's it's going great at the moment. Um, last year was a, was a quiet year um, here in New Zealand, but even then, you know, like my business still ticked along just fine and it's ramping up right now with the, with the season in front of us. Lots of drum heads going out, uh, lots of quotes, lots of people looking for new drums and, um, yeah, it's um, it's great. I, I, I love it. It's um, I, I personally enjoy um, the the sort of sales customer dealing with customers and, and experiencing their satisfaction of, of mm -hmm. um, um, purchasing. You write scores too, right? You sell yeah. stuff, but you yeah. also help teaching on the side. Right. Write scores. Yeah, yeah. So I've got a few um, private students that I teach um, weekly on online as as well as as well as offer school writing and um, yeah workshops. Um, um, so yeah, I, it's pretty. It's all on, on my website, um, scottburlpercussion.com, um, and um, yeah, pretty much there for for anything drumming related. Sweet. So I've, my, my business has obviously grown through Australia and, and New Zealand. Um, have customers from from all over with my time in Melbourne. I'm still still selling as far as Perth, Australia, um, and all over all over New Zealand here. Um, so yeah, it's it's great. Sweet, that's awesome. What's uh, what's next for you? Um, you know, uh, obviously you got the new uh, new band, ton of scores to learn. Um, the season coming up. Uh, yeah, but yeah, that's exciting. We've, we've, we've. Um, as far as the school band here is concerned, we we plan on, on uh, hitting the worlds next year in juvenile. Um, it's um, ninety nine percent sure that we'll be taking our school band over. Um, <clears throat> the only thing that's uh, that's um, not a roadblock at all, but it's just we've got a lot of fundraising to do with uh, fuel prices right. going up. They're extremely expensive in comparison to what we're used to. Um, but uh, we've got a good. Good um, group of um, students and parents supporters here uh, will um, ruffle together and, and uh, make it happen, I'm sure. So if you're at the Worlds next year, um, we'll see you there. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, yeah, thank you so much. I know you have to go back to work. It's it's early in the morning for you, but uh, thank you for taking the time to chat. I know uh, uh, we we uh, we have good friendship over the years, so we definitely you know try to keep it no not too inside jokes, uh, you know, um, in in our conversation. But thanks for taking the time to chat, and uh, yeah, I'll be looking at you know videos online of the new band and um, see how you're doing. So yeah, very welcome. Thanks for having me. Cheers, yeah, of course. Yeah, likewise. Take it easy. Bye. Cheers, brother. See ya.